Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 978 with Derek Hayes. I gave them a product they wasn't used to. I gave them a service they wasn't used to. And I gave them a human being that they didn't see. Somebody that had 40-something tattoos on their body that come out the streets, that come out the hood with no education, that represented everything they never seen. And that's what Big Days represent. That's how I got here. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Zinch. Restaurateurs and GMs, you know the unexpected expenses are always right around the corner, like broken equipment, overhead during slow times, and even ideas to improve your business, and you need cash fast. That's why you need Zinch, a direct lender that makes financing fast and simple around your restaurant needs. Zinch can fund up to $250,000 in less than two days. Just fill out a simple online application and provide a copy of your four most recent bank statements and you can get approved within 24 hours. See how much cash you can get with Zinch. And right now, my listeners can apply without fees. That's a $250 value. Go straight to financingthatworks.com today. Again, that's financingthatworks.com. One more time, financingthatworks.com. Loans made or arranged pursuant to California Finance Lenders Law License. This episode is brought to you by Restaurant Systems Pro, and they are launching their first time ever 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant System Pro software and setting up the systems for your restaurants. Fred will teach you recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, it more butts and seats and that's not it if you are interested in this head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash rsp that's rsp for restaurant systems pro www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash rsp with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest founder and ceo of the world famous big dave's cheesesteaks derek hayes derek my man are you feeling unstoppable today oh man i'm feeling super unstoppable especially hearing that voice oh man thank you very much man well after just doing a little bit of research to kind of get an idea of who you are and who we're going to be talking to today you've got an inspiring story man you started small you didn't even start with cheesesteaks. You started uh, doing water ice, which yeah. I don't think a lot of people even know what that is. Uh, but you have a, an inspiring story of pivoting and evolving and getting to where you are today. I can't wait to unpackage it. But let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Life is like a track meet. It's all about how you win. Yeah. Life is about a track meet. It's all, wait, say that one more time. No. Life is not a track oh, meet. Oh, okay. It's a marathon. It's all about how you end. Good thing I double checked you. Life is not so. What? Why does that re- like resonate with you? Really get into um, why you chose. I've been that. using that quote since 2016. 
when I realize that as long as I stay in the race, no matter how fast I go, as long as I keep my legs moving, continue to move forward, I'm going to eventually get to the end of my journey. Yeah. And a, and a marathon takes a while. A track meet is either 100 meter or 400 meter. A marathon is miles. Yeah. So with life, sometimes you got to take miles to get to your destination. And right now, you know, since 2014, me starting in with Dave's Philly Water Ice, then coming back in 2016, renaming it to Big Dave Cheesesteaks. And now today in 2023, we are the biggest cheesesteak concept in the country. That's crazy. And, man. you know, life is a marathon. <laughs> That's crazy, man. I can't wait to dive into the details. And it's reminding me of the words that I just recently listened to Will Guadera's uh, podcast on the way down here. Uh, the um, Not the founder of 11 Madison Park, but the current general manager and co-owner. Uh-huh. Uh, and he talks about that, dude. His dad... Uh, gave him a gift when he was a kid and it's traveled with him. It's this plaque on the wall and it's it basically paraphrases just what you said that like, it's not about what you know. It's not about how smart you are, how talented you are. It's about being willing to put the work in and yeah. just continuing to show up over time. Dude. Yeah. I tell people all the time, you can have a gift at something, but somebody that works harder than you always going to win in the end because you could do something a hundred times, a thousand times, but if you don't realize what you're doing and your purpose of doing it, yeah. you ain't going nowhere. And I think that's why passion is so important. Yeah, passion is everything. Because it gives you that energy to yeah. keep showing up. Yeah, passion right? is everything. I tell people, if you, don't have a, if you don't have purpose, you can never have passion because it's going to be like driving a car with no headlights. You're going to be crashing. You can't yeah. see your vision. Yeah. And when you learn your purpose at what you want out of your life and what you want out of your dream, Nothing can stop that. Oh, you unstoppable? Nothing. Unstoppable, man. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm super unstoppable. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. So, I mean, I want to get to know who you are. How Derek got to where he was before the restaurants. Like, what was happening in your life? Uh, and where you, like, what the starting point was for you. Like, but, but, but what was happening before you, your mind got wrapped around restaurants? Where were you? What is your backstory? So, my backstory is I'm just a young kid from the ghettos from West Philadelphia, born and raised. Um, I had a two-parent household. Um, all of my family was close. We was all in the same neighborhood. We always had each other back. But for me growing up, I had a real father. I had a father that really spent time with me, took me fishing, kept me off the streets, you know, from getting in trouble. We used to, uh, my family was big in the, uh, in the drag racing world. We used to always go to the racetracks and stuff like that. So when Sundays came around, I had something to look forward to. Like on the weekends, my dad would take us to you know, uh, Six Flags, any of those parks. Sometimes we go to the, uh, I forget the one called in, um, in Virginia, but we used to go out there a lot. We used to also just do a lot of, you know, camp and stuff. Like, my dad was like a, a real outdoor guy. Yeah, you're lucky to have that. And all of yeah. kids get that, man. Yeah, but, you know, along that way, you know, a lot of stuff happened because, again, I'm growing up in a, in a tough city. So, you know, you got to have tough skin and you got to get tough, too, so you'll get ran over. But... Um, as I got over, when I, when I got about like maybe 13, 14 years old, my mother and my father, you know, they called it a little break and I wound up getting sent to Athens, Georgia, which was where my grandfather and my grandmother resided because my grandfather was a cement mason, but he wound up retiring and moving back south. Okay. So just like how Will Smith got sent off to Bel Air, I got sent <laughs> off to Athens. So g- give us a picture of what kind of things you're getting into as a kid that your parents are like, we got to... We got to put him on a different direction. Um, I'll just give you a few things. Like, you know, I'm just hanging around uh, uh, the wrong crowds. You know, I wouldn't even say the wrong crowds. I hate using that, actually, because a lot of us, we, we got to hang around what we used to. 
We got to survive in communities the way we know how to survive. A lot of people really ain't bad people. They just never had the resources to show they good. Yeah. So everything got to be tough sometimes. So, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, when I got about 18 years old, going to 19, I got arrested for selling cocaine. Um, it wasn't something that I was proud of, but it was something that I watched growing up that I seen a lot of people around me get, get, get money off yeah. of. Yeah. So, you know, that was my resort. You know, I used to play basketball. My dream ain't happened for me. I jumped in the streets. You know, I had to feed myself, take care of my family. But at the same time, that's not what my family had in for me. They wanted me here, and then I go down here to survive. Mm. So now I had to catch myself and realize that I'm tricking my own self out of my spot because I already know this ain't my dream. I already know this ain't my mission. I already know this ain't my destiny. So why am I here? What were the things your parents were saying to you? Because I'm sure they weren't just like, hey, guess what? You're going down south. There was probably a narrative. Probably nah. like, were they trying to like give you advice, steer you in the right direction? Yeah. What, what, what did that narrative look like? So I got sent down south because my, my mother and my father actually wanted me to have a better education. And I was an athlete, so I was playing basketball. So I had a better opportunity at making it. So okay. could you imagine putting your whole life into something? You practicing, you working on it, you giving your all to it. And then you wait to get to that moment. And then you don't cross over because everything around you is folding. Like, for me, cancer hit my family hard. Took my aunt out in 05, my dad out in 09, my uncle out in 08. So it was like, what was it, 08? Yeah, 08. So, and then my grandfather right after that. So it's like, you know, all of the men in my life Mm. who helped raise me are no longer here. Mm. But the one thing my father told me before he left me was he wanted me to break our generational curses. He wanted me to stand on my own 10 toes. And he raised me to do that. So now, rewind back when I'm telling you now how I felt about selling drugs. Now imagine you now losing your father and then you promise him you're never going to get in trouble again. You're going to stop selling drugs. You're going to straighten your life up and be who you he know you can be. So now I got a purpose. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, man. So now my purpose is different because now I'm chasing something out of respect and out of love. I loved this man so much growing up and I respected him so much I never wanted to disappoint mm. him. I already felt like I disappointed him when I didn't make it in basketball. So now this was my second chance at life. So in 2009, I call that my wake-up year. Um, I lost my dad that year. I became disabled for over five years that year. Oh, shit. Um, I had an accident where I had over five back surgeries. I had to learn how to, you know, walk, feel, um, get my mental back right. I was stressed out. I was on opiates. Oh, man. Um, I was just like, you know, in a, in a zombie world because everything that I was going through, I really had to overcome because of what was dealt my hand I was dealt with. So in the same token, I lost my father that year, had a good job. And now I got to walk off that job because I didn't my manager wouldn't give me time off to, to tend to my father. I know you were working at the U.S. Uh, US yeah, the Postal UPS. Service. Is that where you were? Yeah. This happened? Man. So the day literally the, when I found out my father got sick, I went to my boss and I said, I need some time off. My dad is sick. He told me it was Christmas and it was holidays. He couldn't let me off. You know what I said? I can get another job, but I ain't going to get another father. I'm out of here. So I jumped in my Buick Lucerne, drove to Atlanta, and was by my dad's side to the day he closed his eyes. I was right there with him. Man. Uh, when you sp- he had this, this, this impression on you, that what he said to you, like, I, I, my dying wish is that yeah. you, you do right, that you, you, you become the man we raised you to be. Right. How did you start living differently from that point? What like did you wake up differently? Did you have a plan? Like, like, you know what I did? What's that? I changed my atmosphere. 
okay, what do you mean? I changed who I hung around. Mm. I changed where I was at. I changed my mindset to one more. See, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people lead with their heart. A lot of people are thinkers. They lead with their mind. Your gut tells your heart the leads to your mind. That's the way I go. And when you disrespect your gut, it would disrespect you. There's science backing that up. Yeah, you it know, definitely it, is. It, it, it's, and it's exciting work that they're doing right now that suggests that there's literally like bundles of nerves in your gut yes. that serve the, like, like the bundles of nerves in your brain and that there's literally communication going on. And so when you get that gut feeling, it's not just like, it's a real, nah, it's like like real this, shit's can, going on. Yeah, there. like real yeah. shit. Like how can you ignore yeah. something that don't feel good to you? So for me, when I got away from everything that didn't feel good anymore. Mm-hmm. I wanted real love. I wanted real people around me. And I didn't want to be the smartest person in the room. Mm. I wanted people around me that was going to make me want more. I wanted people around me that was going to make me believe more. I wanted people who was going to give me the education I didn't get because I only finished high school. Yeah, But you did it. A lot of people see what you're saying and say, I want to do this. I want to surround myself with people. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. And you recognize the power of this, but how did you actually do it? Did, were there things that you did to force yourself to actually make these things? To happen? be honest with you, I got off my ass and went and got it. Mm. No matter how bad it hurt it, how tired I was, I never got dismotivated. I stayed motivated. I stayed in, I stayed my head down following my path, following my journey, following my dream, because I knew that one day the light was going to shine again for me. What was the dream at this point? The dream at this point was I just wanted to have Big Dave's, you know, just like when you coming off the exit on the blue signs and you see McDonald's, my dream is to have Big Dave's that way. It's always been that way since day one. Since but it wasn't cheesesteak then. Nah, it was water ice. Yeah. So, um, so honestly, the, the reason why I started with water ice is because I just wanted to get it open first because I knew if I had put the hood and everything in there, it would take me more time with permitting. Smart. Yeah, so I opened it first with just the water ice, but what didn't happen for me was I didn't have any traffic. Yeah. Not a lot of people know what water ice is. No. I only know because I dated a girl from West Philadelphia, and like she was like, here, let's go get some water ice. Yeah. I was like, what? But what I did, though, <laughs> in 2016, I had something for the ass because 2015, I had the opportunity to feed the rapper Eve. And um, she bit the cheesesteak. She had a chicken cheesesteak, salt, pepper, ketchup, fried onions, mayonnaise. And um, I still remember that sandwich because I made it with my life depending on it. <laughs> You're talking to a kid that came here with a bunch of money and went broke here because I was miserable and stressed out when I, before I left Philly because of my disabilities. Mm. And then I get into a, a city where everything is good. You can go shop. You can go party. You can go do whatever. But what I realized is I was going broke doing this every night, going out because... I missed so many years well, of you're having young, fun. Though, how yeah. old were you at this time? I was 26. wasn't financial literate. Didn't know what financial literacy was. I'm spending money like water. Yeah, let's get into it. I mean, because these are the lessons, and this is the personal stuff. Yeah. Talking about money and partnerships. Yeah, I so think the, I spent over. I spent over uh, probably half a million dollars my first three months. Jesus. Yeah, man. you know, just not investing in anything, just partying. So. 2009 is when your dad passed. It's yep. 2014 is when you opened the first yep. uh, famous Dave's. Yep. Uh, at this point, it was Water Eyes. Yep. Um, what happened between 2009 and 2004 that you were able to actually get the doors open in your first um, So I went through, like I said, over five years just going through pain management, going through these surgeries, learning how to get my life back together. Um, I was awarded a settlement. Um and what I did was, man, I went and took the money and then 
left left Philly and went to go invest in my dream. So on paper, you don't have any experience in the restaurant industry. No. You don't have any assets behind you. You don't like no Cordon Blues. You don't. No, it doesn't no sound cooking. like you come from money where people like an uncle nah. is going to write you. You know a what I come from? Like that. I'm gonna tell you what I come from. I come from a family who always knew that they can be something and do something. And I seen that growing up. We had moments where we was on top of the mountain, the best cars in the neighborhood, the, the the how from the houses. Like my family wasn't drug dealers, but they were hardworking men that provided everything for their family. And I seen that growing up. Well, you, you could hear it in your grandfather's story, yeah. you know, working in the cement industry. Yeah. That's good, hard, honest work. Um, and it pays off. You yeah, know, and then and directly, I mean, shit, I didn't know that, um, you know, my grandfather being the man who cooks all the time, when he didn't go to, you know, when he went to church and I didn't attend, he made me finish the Sunday dinners, and that shit wound up <laughs> making me know how to cook and make seasonings to building a multi-million dollar empire. I love that, man. So it's just like you never know what God has for you. So your first location, where is this? My first location is in um, Dunwoody, 5020 Winter Chapel Road. So, tell you a funny story about this, right? Because so just 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 uh, let me take you into a little story real fast. Imagine you have a bunch of money, no business experience, no job, right? But you're trying to get somebody to lease you a space to open up your first. Well, this business. this is where I'm going. So watch that. this, right? I'm going to location to location to location, and everybody telling me. Oh, man, you don't have any residual income. You can spend that money tomorrow, your assets and everything. Let me tell you, I gave a lady every asset I had, even my car titles. And she got right to I was about to sign a lease and say, you know, me and my husband decided that we're just going to move forward with someone else. Uh, but you know what? Gut wrench. I'm glad that happened because you know why? I went to 5020 Winter's Chapel Road in a broken down shell gas station where an Indian guy believed in my dream. And I paid him six months up front before I opened the location. And before I left this little location that wasn't big as this room, I was doing $1.6 million on a three-foot grill and a broken fryer. That's wild. That built this $700,000 location. But what was your right overhead, now. right? Oh, man, listen. Next to nothing. It was next to nothing. And let me tell you, I had... You could go out I and had party. three, four, five <laughs> yeah. hours of people waiting in line. No, yeah. this location, when I opened, when I really started booming in, in, in the gas station... I, the guy was putting don't park signs on the pumps because we were taking all the pumps from the guy. Then we had Walmart across the street where we was filling the Walmart lot up That's right next wild. door to me. I had an auto zone. We filling that up. Literally, it was like a outside club when you came to 5020 Winters Chapel Road because I gave them a product they wasn't used to. I gave them a service they wasn't used to. And I gave them a human being that they didn't see. Somebody mm. that had 40 some tattoos on their body that come out the streets, that come out the hood with no education, that represented everything they never seen. And that's what Big Days represent. And that's how I got here. I love this, dude. I really do. Uh, and I mean, were you the first cheesesteak in the series? Because I, I, when I Google search it now, I see there's a lot of other. Nah, did you man, inspire we, that? We, we we inspired a lot of these okay. guys, man. You know, people wasn't selling cheesesteak egg rolls. Now you got every company selling cheesesteak egg rolls. But I like it because that lets us know we're doing something right. It's the best. And company. I don't worry about it because we're the originators. Yes, we are the real deal. Yeah. I'm from Philly. So what makes this sandwich authentic is you get the other half of me. <laughs> this ain't no down south guy created it, this. Dude. You getting a real deal holy feel with me. So when I'm talking to people and they telling me about another cheesesteak, 
I'd be like, listen, good, good for them. I hope they do good, but you got to catch up because I'm on some shit right now. I'm, you got I'm me wanting them to try out one of these cheesesteaks before we hit the road. And that's the plan. I can't wait to stick my, my teeth into one of these things. But you, you were talking about how you had zero financial literacy, but it almost seems like divine, like something divine put you on this path because what you did was what I would tell any, there's a lot of things that you did that I would encourage anybody else trying to achieve what you've achieved to do. One of the big things is start small. But you know what? Not to cut you off, what a lot of people do is, though, they tell you what not to do. Yeah. Why? Why not? If I did it, you could do it, too. So did people tell you not to go into the, the of course. conversation? Why? Of course. It was too far from the city. It was 35 minutes from the city. Nobody's going to come all you out there. Yeah. I had the whole city of Atlanta coming out there. But you... Well, I think that I can't overemphasize starting small, keeping your overhead small, focusing on doing a few things really well. And I think water ice is probably even more simple than cheesesteak. So oh, you, yeah. So you had your mind in the right spot about just putting all of your energy into doing a, a few things really well, keeping your liabilities as low as possible. Yeah. Um, you said you didn't have any financial literacy, but like, what were the first financial lessons you were getting early on? Like, how did that liter- How did you Blowing become seven literate? figures? Blowing seven figures. Yeah, because you got to look at it this way. Like, I'm 26 years old. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a African American kid from the ghetto. I never had this type of money, this type of access to anything. So now I could wake up in the morning and buy whatever I want, when I want, how I want it, eat where I want, travel where I want, buy any car. So those are the things that financial freedom. But when you ain't got that financial literacy or you ain't got that residual income with that, with that, with that, that comes yeah. along with that, you're going to be broke. Yeah. So nowadays, I make sure that my bills pay for my fund. So how long were you focused on the, the water ice before switching to the cheesesteaks? Say that again? You started with water ice. Yeah. Right? 2014? Yeah. 2018 is when you started doing the cheesesteak? No, 2015. 15. Yeah, 2015, I started selling cheesesteaks. 2016, I changed the name. So what was the first year like? Hell. Yeah. I can't lie to you. It was hell because... It was it was a good pain though, because let me tell you something about pain before I tell you about this story. If right now you cut yourself and you hurt every day, one day you're gonna get tired of hurting, mm-hmm. and you're gonna learn how to do what? You're gonna learn how to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. I learned how to heal myself from 2014. I learned how to heal myself from 2009. Okay, I want to pull back the you layers on this because I think there's gonna be lessons for our listeners, people who are doing what you did, and that. You can help get off that path. Yeah. But we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Restaurateurs and GMs, you know the unexpected expenses are always right around the corner. Broken equipment, overhead during slow times, and even ideas to improve your business. When this happens, you can't wait. You need cash fast. That's why you need Zinch, a direct lender that understands your business and makes financing fast and simple. Since 2004, Zinch has made the financing process for small and medium-sized business fast, flexible, and inclusive with easy-to-understand solutions. If your restaurant is generating over 10000 in monthly revenue and has been in business for more than six months, Zinch can fund up to $250,000 in less than two days. To apply, just fill out a simple application form and provide a copy of your four most recent bank statements. It's that easy. 
no boring, drawn-out paperwork to keep track of, and no lengthy waiting to see if you qualify. You'll get a response from Zinch within 24 hours. Plus, Zinch's specialists are just a phone call away. They'll guide you every step of the way and help you choose the terms that best fit your business needs. If you're in a jam, you need a Zinch. It's Financing That Works. So go to FinancingThatWorks.com now to get pre-qualified. Right now, my listeners can apply without fees. That's a $250 value. Don't wait. Go to FinancingThatWorks.com today and see how much cash you can get with Zinch. That's FinancingThatWorks.com. Loans made or arranged pursuant to California Finance Lenders Law License. We're back and... You just started talking, getting into how they're, you know, you didn't come out of the gate slinging cheesesteaks and making no. seven figures. It took time, right? No, it takes time. Yeah. So you, you, you find this Indian gentleman who, who believes in your vision, who believes in what you're trying to do. Um, how did you convince him? I'm kind of curious. How did you get him to believe in your vision? You ha- you're, you're very. Who, who, who did I get? Who to believe in my vision? You, you mentioned the, the gentleman who owned the gas station. Oh, because when I went to him, I went to him not pitching. I don't pitch. Mm. I don't pitch myself to nobody. I tell them what I want and how we can grow together. Oh. See, what, what people don't understand is if I come to you always for a need to help me, how does that help you? Yeah. But if I come and say we're going to grow together, believe in me because I'm not going to fail and this is my purpose and my mission and you already got yours rolling, we can come together and grow. So how did you approach him? What did that dialogue So I got out of my vet at the time. I had a, a 2014 Stingray, probably the only one in the city with it. And I jumped out of my car and um, I walked in the gas station and I, and I told him, I said, listen, I want to put a restaurant beside here um, and I got the money to do it. Nobody not leasing this space. I want to take it and not even pay you up front. Because at that time I was desperate because I knew that I was really running out of cash. And I know that I never wanted to come back, you know, to my to my old life. I wanted to like see the thing for me. I didn't leave the hood because it was uncomfortable for me. I left the hood because I know it was uncomfortable for people that I was going to bring along the way. And that's my kids. Mm. I know one day I was going to have kids. I know one day I will eventually get married. I wanted to, you know, be able to break those barriers with, you know, breaking the real generational curses. And the only way you can do that is if you set your kids up for that dream to happen. And that's providing them resources. And that was my biggest thing, because even everything I had in my life around me, I didn't have men that had that higher education level to know that they were working for a company for 30, 40 years where they were never going to make over $100,000. They got you capped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For me, I had to look at them and say, you know what? I want to do it like them, but I want to do it a little differently. So now we're the bosses and we controlling our destiny so that now I could pass the torch off to my other loved ones and say, listen, you ain't got to be an entrepreneur. But get you something about yourself that makes you happy and makes you feel good when you get up in the morning. Because the worst thing in the world is to get up in the morning and have nothing to do. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, I don't have anything to add to that. It's super great advice. Just super inspiring. Um, so you, you, you approach this gentleman. You, you don't look to get something from him. You look to add value to his life. Yeah, because nobody wants something to just listen. This, I use this quote often. If I got everything to gain... I mean, I'm sorry. If I got everything to lose, you can't have everything to gain. And what I mean by that is we both got to meet each other in the middle. Like when I fell, yeah, you got to hurt too. You can't keep on and moving on with your life and I'm sitting there hurt. Nah. So what I did was I got core people that helped me in this company since day one. And I gave all of them phantom equity in the company. 
because those are my soldiers. Those are the people who believe in. You say phantom equity. Yeah. What is phantom? So phantom equity is you one day when Big Dave's eventually sells, they will get a piece of the pie as long as they still in the company and as long as that they they didn't get terminated or. Um, you know, just foul play in the business. But how do you set that up? Because I think in today's market, when there's, it's so hard to find people to work for you and to give them a long. I, I don't have assets. these people don't work for me. They work with me. Mm. I don't have people that work for me. I have people that work with me. It's a difference. That shit don't even sound right when you say somebody work for you. You work with me. We're gonna grow together. Those type words you use with your employees, this they feel better about themselves than working. Paycheck to paycheck. So, how like what is your advice for setting up a phantom like account or a phantom plan? Where so um, I already did my round with that. Um, with giving it out to my core people, I passed it out to about six people. About I think three people still have it. Um, four people still have it. Um, and I want them to feel honored about what they have because I didn't want them to have to wait for a four hundred one k, a social security. I want them to have their retirement when this company eventually sells one day, and then they can take their money and go invest in their dreams and go buy their green their uh, house with the green grasses and the swimming pools. Mm. That's my dream. Like I got guys right now who came to me back in the early days who had no homes, no cars, no money. Now are married, cars, homes. So when I see that, that let me know that what I was doing was bigger than just a cheesesteak. I was putting people in position. I was putting communities in position. I was giving people the game to level up their life to make them feel proud about what they were doing because nobody feels proud about anything if you can't see what you've done along the years of your hard work. Yeah, man. And, uh, and their hard work is paying off because every time they got a bill, guess what they can do? They can pay it. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And it, it, we don't realize how many people there are who can't even have access to that most simple security. Of yeah, I mean, I call it this. Um, when I was younger, when I was a young kid, on Christmas, you got a kid that might get the best toy on the block, right? Or in the neighborhood. He don't want to share it because it feels good. I got this, right? We never had shit. Yeah. So we grow up with that same mentality. I want to hold on to it because I never had nothing. But then at the same time, all you doing is setting yourself back because you grow faster together. Mm. You get more, what they say? You Go. get more honey with bees. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. like for me, I can grow more with my brothers and my sisters in the outside world if that we do it together. And in Big Dave's, we don't have a thing where we look at race. You know, well, what, what's that uh, that quote that Donald Trump say he want to make America great great again? Big Dave's really making America great again because we have all races that come stand in these lines, eat this food, work in this company. Um, and that's what we represent. I love we it for man. everybody. So go like I love what you're dropping on us. I, I, literally everything that comes out of your mouth is inspirational, dude. Like I'm loving it for your, for real. Yeah. Back to this first year, um, what were the biggest lessons you learned that helped get you over that? Because you said it was hell. The first year was hell. It was rough. Like what? I, I'm gonna like, tell you, my first year was hell because I was learning what to do. I'm I'm just going through everything somebody would would go through. They don't know what they're doing. I'm the cashier. I'm the cook. I'm the accountant. I don't know how to do P and Ls. I don't know my profit and losses. I'm just buying food. <laughs> yeah, but like so uh, you're like, not doing that today, right? You're traveling oh, the country. Oh, you're talking. Oh, there's, no. there's no way you can do that today. And so, so along this journey, it's called okay. get out your own way. Yeah. So take us through that evolution. So what you started to do to, to pivot into that. When I started making person. millions of dollars. I had to get the team that know how to control millions of dollars. 
I had to get the team to know how to scale restaurants. So I'm going to tell you, total transparency, Big Dave's always been popular, right? But 2023, Big Dave's just turned a, a will to another level because I now have somebody running my company who ran over 90 locations before. I now have operators who's had ran at five and six locations at one time. I went and got what I needed to be able to succeed. You're building the house before you move into it. Yes, I'm building the house so I can keep moving forward because I know that now me as D. Hayes is building a brand from the outside than the inside. I can't even walk in airports, malls, in the streets, anywhere I go without somebody walking up to me. You know, I never thought I was going to get famous off a cheesesteak, but it's bigger than that. What people see in Big Dave's, yeah, they love the food. But I carry this like how you would look at an artist. Like if you was looking at a rap artist or or an athlete. But I let them feel me. I let the people. It's tangible. They always can come to me for advice. I can have a guy that walk up to me on the streets and say, hey, Dave, you know, I just started this company. Like how do I do this? And I'm really going to give him the game. And I'm going to tell him if he's too weak, he'll never get what he want out of life. That's the first thing. Confidence comes before education. You got to be confident before you learn anything. If you're not confident in learning, how can you do the shit? Yeah. And if you don't believe in yourself, who else yeah. is going to believe in you, right? So along those days, every year I got confident. And the way I got confident by leveling up year to year, seeing my hard work paying off. 2018, ranked, ranked top 10 in the world in sandwiches. Um, cooked the cheesesteak on the barbecue grill. Um, and I and literally, I, every aspect of this journey, I had to battle through something. So I took a... I took a cast iron flat top on a gas barbecue grill from Walmart and put this on there and gave a cheesesteak to Bo Jackson while I ranked top 10 in the world in sandwiches where it had over 1,500 and something cooks there. And I'm cooking on a piece of equipment that will not give me what I need. But guess what I did? I outsmarted the equipment and gave it what I needed. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because my hunger was that strong. My wants was that strong. My needs was that strong because I knew what I wanted. My purpose was strong. Dude, if in... What's going through my mind right now is if you have a will, if you have a, a, a desire, your frontal lobe will find a way. That thing at the top of your brain, the most evolved part of our brain Thinking is... Thinking don't cost you nothing. If you say, I can't do it, you're right. If you say, how can I do this? You'll figure it out. Look, I, when, my, when my president of this company started running this company, I told him two things. I said, Jesse, I want what I want. And I don't take no for an answer. And what I mean by that is that when I believe, I believe. I don't care if nobody else don't believe. I'm going to make this shit happen if I even got to show you so that you can see the culture. Or you believe with me and know that I really got this far off of jumping off the cliff because I don't go against my gut. And every single human that work in this company are built that way. We are we built off our gut in here. Big Dave's is built off the backs of people who believe in their guts. Mm. Well, if, I have a feeling it was your gut that was talking to you when you made the pivot from water ice to cheesesteak. Yeah, and then I also had to make a pivot in in, in twenty twenty um, when the pandemic hit. You know, everybody in this you know most restaurants and businesses in the city. You know, a lot of these businesses folded. But I say, you know what? Everybody running off on a business. They trying to figure out what to do. I'm going to pivot. This is a restaurant, but this is a community restaurant. So you know what I did? Every single day, I fed hospitals 200 meals a day, not even knowing how dangerous COVID was. Mm-hmm. Walking in there with my N95 on, up to uh, 
are um to the to the units, giving it to them, not to the door. I'm walking to the units. I'm mm-hmm. meeting them where they at. I'm letting them know that y'all matter too. Because how can you be out here risking your life and saving your life, but you won't feed a life and you got the food? Right. So I wanted to give it to them. And that same year, I made two more million dollars that year because the community seen what I stood for. Sometimes you got to give so people can understand what you represent. And in, in, in moments, it's like this. You can say how much you care about people and all that, right? But in moments when shit really happened, that's when you really got to show what you stand for. Yeah. And I show what I really had because the world ain't never seen a pandemic and the world ain't never seen COVID. And in the, in the midst of both of them, we was up in sales and the community never stopped supporting us and we never stopped supporting the community. Yeah, I mean, generosity is clearly uh, you know a, a, a part of your story from the way you treat your employees to making them partners to your community, giving before you get. You have to exhale before you can inhale. You I know God it. brought me here as a vessel. I'm not perfect. But I know that I'm a vessel. I know that right now, I tell you what, in my phone right now, I might have about $10, 15000000000 billion of net worth in my phone right now. And I know, I know just about almost every black billionaire that I didn't met him. Almost now today, there's a few more I got to meet, but I've met a lot of powerful billionaires. But I'm just a kid from the ghetto of West Philly. I, I just literally just left a meeting Two day, two three days ago, talking to the the Under Armour's founder, wow. Kevin Plank. So it's like you don't never know who you sit with. The the weekend before that, I'm sitting down with the Hawks founder. So you said I'm saying. So it's like you know. What I mean, I'm sorry, the Hawks owner. So it's like these are the things that opportunity will give you if you bust your ass and work for it because you never know. I literally can tell you a story how you don't know who paying attention to you. I walked in this facility in this Hawks meeting right to talk to the owner. Me and Pinky and wind up the kids like, oh, this big Dave. And I wanna give a I wanna give a major, major, major shout out to Killer Mike, man. Killer Mike went in there and told them, Hey, I'm gonna bring y'all some big Daves, and Big Daves came to them. So when I got there, not knowing this is indirectly how this happened. He knew nothing about this meeting. I knew nothing about him giving them the food. But you never know who paying attention behind closed doors. So him being able to tell any, he could have told them, he could have told the owner, anybody had good food, let's try it. But he been watching my brand, and I think in his mind, he think that I deserved that opportunity. So he gave them Big Dave cheesesteaks, and now they want me in the house. I love that, man. So you never know what happens. Yeah, this is reminding me of a, of a piece of advice or something that I've seen a lot come up over my nearly 1,000 interviews is that, you never know who your guest is. No. You know, you never know who you're serving. Like I'm talking to you for a reason right yeah. now. This whole this whole purpose. Like I done been on in the last day and a half, I done been on about four or five airplanes talking to That's people. Wild. I'm I'm speaking, you know, now on my philanthropist side, but all of these things came from a cheesesteak and me believing in the mission. And I realized when people start believing in the mission, I realized that it's time to use my voice. Yeah. Cause I tell anybody, if you got a blessing, give it to the world, let them feel it. Because yeah. if you hold your blessing to yourself, they're selfish. Pretend the 2015 version of yourself is sitting, listening to you talk <laughs> right now. 2015, you make the pivot. You say, I'm, there's an opportunity for cheesesteak. I need to do this. How did that make a change? Like, where did where did you shift from pain to gain? Um, I think when I realized it was other African Americans that I can connect with, or just people, period, that was on a high level. 
and could give me game that I didn't know. Like, I literally can call people and say, hey, I'm having this problem. What you think about this? And now I have that. So I would, I would encourage people to go make relationships. Yes. Like, I would encourage you to go to those events where it's business events or it's a gatherings and you may not know nobody. Go introduce yourself because you're introducing yourself to your future. Mm. And a lot of people don't know that. Your future is through people. Exactly. I mean, business is just relationships. Yeah, it's all it is. Like, it's the company. company. Honestly, I bust my ass every single day, but my relationships became a lot easier now. So I can like, hey, yeah. I want to do this. Okay, let's do it. So what were the relationships that you bumped into that really influenced who you were and how you were doing business? Um, I would say this. I had my lead investor, um, Richie Lou Dennis, in the same room. He owns Essence. And I was sitting here with him before he, before he believed in the business or anything. And I sat and spoke with him. And I realized I was speaking to a black man who was not only wealthy, but he actually exited a company before. So not only the wealth, but he exited a company when before. When you say he exited, did he sell? Yes. Okay. So what I mean by that is like he, how can I not want to join forces with someone that actually did something that I'm trying to achieve exactly. one day? Yeah. And that's build this empire up. So now that it's around, who knows, for the next hundred years. But I want this business to outlive me. I want Big Dave's name to still be running when I'm dead and gone. Yeah. Because they always going to tell the story how I was a young black kid with no business experience, didn't know how to make anything, and built a multi-million dollar empire and now know how to make everything. Yeah. So that's the dream. I mean, now I have multiple businesses. I own 20 properties, um, me and uh, Pinky. Um, also... Same thing with um with the bar. We got the bar together. So it's a lot of a lot of different things that I got my hands in right now from, from that a, provided that. From a business literacy standpoint, from a business person, from an operations pr- perspective, how did your business start changing to get to the place where you could start scaling? What this the, location. This location. Yeah, when I built downtown, um, when this location came, where they say re- re- revolution became because now I got the real city right here in my arms and now they support it on a whole nother level and I, and I had traffic that I never seen before. When did you move to this spot right here? Um, 2018. 2018. So right around the time you yeah, got Yeah, my first year in here I did $3 million in one location. Was it was it, it was Eve, right? That came, or not Eve? No, that was the gas, so Eve came to the gas station. The gas station. So you went, I went, this is how my journey went. I went from zero dollars to 1.6 in sales to Three million in sales, and now I'm like way up there. Now. So, so like, like, when did you get the one to the one point six and the three points? Um, I got to three million in sales in 2018. My 2018. first year here. 2018. First year here. Yeah, but was it was it that media exposure that helped you get to that? Yeah, point because honestly, it was it was a new location, but but honestly, it was the location, but it also was the product that we was providing people, and it was the community attachment. Like when I come. To communities, they feel me. I ain't yeah. just coming here to get your money. I'm going to help your kids. I'm going to help you out any way I can in the household. I'm going to help your grandma walking down the street. I'm going to do all of that anyway. It might not be right now, but it will be amongst the journey. I will be able to provide for everybody in the community. But the underlying lesson here, I believe, is taking the initiative to make those relationships. You have to. And to give a fuck about others before they start giving. Yeah, you I'm talking about like I went from 1.6 to 3 million to now Forbes list. Yeah. It's like... You yeah. know what I'm saying? So just by like, giving your energy to other people, yes. taking an interest in other people, 
being curious about their success and how you can replicate that success. People who are successful see themselves in the individuals that approach them because they were there once. Yeah. They know what it's like. Like my, my next year forecast looked like 20. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. now I'm, 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 I'm $20 million range right now. So it's like when you, when you got these things going on right now, you look back and you say, damn, this journey was well worth it. But it's not the money. I swear to you. I don't wake up in the morning thinking about how much money I have, what, I, what, what, where I live at, what cars I got. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and just be like, damn, thank you, God, because if it wasn't for you giving me the willpower to keep on fighting this journey that I've been fighting for 35 years, I wouldn't be here because the things I shook in my life, the average human went and shook. Yeah, man. Like, I'm a go-getter. I'm relentless. Only the strong survive. I believe in that. And and I carry that very well. And everybody around me, if you ain't that, I can't be around you because I don't like to be around nobody who say, damn, how are we going to do that? Nah, mm-hmm. let's figure this shit out. Yeah. We're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing great in this world, to be called great or a goat or a legend, icon, any of those words, you got to do shit that they never seen before. Yep. And the only way you do it is to jump off the cliff and that's to be great. Yeah, man. You got to take that risk for yeah. sure. Uh, and, and you've been doing that your entire career. So in 2018, you you get to the point, you clear uh, 3 million, I can't remember, 3 point. Yeah, six. I clear. I'm, I'm around close to four and some change around 18. So with this one location, when you move to where we're sitting today, that's kind of where you took it to the next level. But how did your business change? Because before this point, it was mostly just you doing all the work, right? Well, yeah, because I went from only having about seven to eight employees in the gas station to having to hire 35. Yeah. And now I got about, well, I got about, um, I would say maybe 90 to 100 in the Big Dave's brand, and I got another 70, 80 in other brands. So, like, I got I got clothing lines now. I got a clothing line about to That's launch, wild. like, next week. Um so I got so many different businesses now. So yeah. I'm a now I'm a serial entrepreneur, but this provided that this umbrella of Big Dave's provided all these opportunities. It, it, it did, but you had to build Big Dave's up. Oh, I tell people stick to listen. If you can't sleep at night, or when you wake up in the morning, if that shit is driving you crazy, <laughs> then do it. Yeah, because I promise you, nothing else in your life is going to work. So it sounds like a big part of what you're. Your, what contributes to your success is is taking an interest in others, learning from others, uh, surrounding yourself, get, building that network, but also taking the risk. Yeah. So let me just tell you one of the risks I took early yeah. on. So when I first started getting people to try to understand what big days was, right? I would I would literally pay for a flight to go meet someone, and they might only have ten or fifteen minutes time for me, mm-hmm. and it might have took me. Two hours to get there on a flight. Two hours to get back on flying back. It might have cost me $1,000 for the ticket. 15 minutes for the conversation. But guess what it did? It gave me the education I didn't have and the confidence I didn't know to grow. And that's what it gave me to build Big Dave's. I took a lot of those flights. You got to take the flights. You got to take the drives. You got to take the walks. What's the significance of doing it in person? Why not just call them? It's it's not the same. Why not? Because if I gave you this interview on Zoom, you wouldn't have felt inspired the way I'm giving it to you right now. And I wouldn't have taken the interview, if I'm being honest, but because if, I believe in the, va- the the value of doing it in person. Yeah. I won't take a remote interview because I'm not going to connect with the guests no. the same way I do if I drive to their city, sit in their Like, I was inspired, like, hearing your story, like, before we even started uh, the, the recording, when you was telling me how... You slept in your cars and you, and you drove all different states. You you following your dream. Thank you. That's pursuing your passion. You already know 
what you want. You already know what you're going to get. And you already know how your end of your journey is going to look. It's about who believe it with you. I tell people, either join me or watch it. Mm. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to watch it ever being part of it. Yeah. Because that shit sucks. Yeah. Knowing that you was actually on the team and then you got to watch the success come now. Because I had a lot of people on my team, but guess what they got to do now? They have to watch the journey. A lot of them stop believing in the mission. Yeah. So at this point in your career, in 2018, between 2018 and 19, before you really start to scale, into, you have, I think we discussed, five total locations. Uh-huh. You have two brick and mortars at, that are standalone, and then you have the stadium. Yeah. Three. Three in uh, a Mercedes-Benz stadium. And, then huh. and that's a funny story. I mean, the three in the stadium, it happened because, so again, take advantage of your opportunity. We did training camp for one day with the food truck. Turned into the rest of the summer. Wow. Turned into offering you two locations. Turned into the first month saying, oh, you need another location. Too much traffic. So we are showing the real American dream. Let me tell you what the American dream is. The American dream is coming from nothing to something. And letting people see it so that they, get, they can get inspired to do the same thing. Yeah. Because we don't all come from a fortune. We don't all come from an education. But we all see every day as opportunity. Yeah, we all have 24 hours in it. And we all see opportunity now because we got internet. And yeah. everybody see opportunity on the internet. And that's like one of the things I think I love the most about the internet today is that it has leveled the playing field. Yeah. No matter who you are, where you come from, what ethnicity you are, what gender you are, if you can afford access to the internet, which I know that's not everybody, which is scary to think, but yeah. it's most people. And that has leveled the playing field because access to knowledge has been, I think, what has yeah. You been can go on YouTube, you can go on Google. Um, even me building this brand, it's stuff. If I don't know, I'll search it. Yeah. But I tell you what, I've never done. I've never paid for advertisement. I've never paid for nobody to eat this food. I've never paid any influencer or any celebrity to come in here and walk in this door because I built this off of authenticity, like being authentic. And when you're authentic. People want to be authentic with you. They can smell it. They can smell it. They can smell bullshit from Yeah, like I see bullshit all the time. I have people, and honestly, you know, sometimes I talk to people, and I really know that they're money-driven. But when you're money-driven, you won't make it to the part that you're trying to get to because when you get used to the money, right, you got no impact, no purpose, no responsibility to any life. You're just a wealthy piece of shit. (laughs) I'm just being honest. Yeah. Because you're doing nothing for nobody. Yeah. And these are the nobodies that made you somebody. Mm. So you can't forget about that. And that's why I don't ever forget about the community. Like, I literally give as much as time. It's getting a little more difficult for me now. Um, and and I, I don't be totally honest. Like, my life now, I'm getting used to it because I'm getting pulled so many different ways for interviews. Or um, I never know what my day looked like. I got to follow my calendar. And, and it's like... You know, every day I'm, I'm looking at my calendar. I got this next. I got to show up here. I got to do that. I got to do that. But now my all-day job can't come now on the outside versus having to come in here. So my, I tell my team all the time, they be like, man, I'm tired. I be like, don't y'all say that damn word to me. <laughs> and I done been on all these airplanes and all these responsibilities and all these people I'm talking to to grow this brand. You guys have no idea what mental tired is. Yeah. Physical tired is one thing, but man, mentally drained. I can relate to that. Like when you have tired. a digital business, and when you become when your brand, when you when like you say, when you take your work home with you, and the work travels with you, there's yeah. no unplugging. You no. wake up, you're thinking about work. You might not be doing physical work. You might not be producing work. Yeah, but but it's but it's work. It's work, and it's, and, and, and it's my 24/7. blessing is to have the love of my life beside me because 
Sometimes, you know, I need that encouragement. I roll over and she like, she dropping some game on me. Sometimes, same as like Pinky talking engagement. Sometimes we in the bed talking like we doing a speaking engagement because we literally have to keep our motivation into each other. I was I was waiting to bring Pinky. I wanted you to bring Pinky into the conversation because we're going to be interviewing her hopefully um, in uh, Chicago. I know mm-hmm. we're, I'm talking um, with your publicist. Yeah, we're trying to set that up. Um, did she? Would you say she influences you in, in, in oh, what no. way? Hundred percent. I I'll t- I tell the world. I'll continue to keep telling the world. It's nothing like having a woman beside you that that literally can influence you, can motivate you, can give you words of encouragement. Like literally, we do this to each other all the time. Our love is a different type of love because we're on a mission the same way. When we, it don't matter who gets the opportunity. If I get the opportunity or she gets the opportunity, we're so happy for each other because we in this thing together. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're also business partners, yeah, too, which is something a lot of people say never go into business with a a, like a intimate partner. Yeah, but again, that's bullshit. That's myths that they 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 put in. I don't agree with that either. I think the most some of the most successful people I've spoken to are husband and wife partnerships, and they complement each other really well. Well, I'm curious. Who else going to stop you from spending money? Well, I'm curious (laughs) because when looking at you and Pinky from the outside looking in, from what I can pick up, if I had a guess, you're both entrepreneurs. Yeah. You're both like if, if you know like if you're contributing anything to your businesses, it's absolutely vision. It's yeah. absolutely brand. It's absolutely mission and trying to do something and to and just the ability to attract onto yourself other people who are strong where you're weak. Like in your willingness to take risks. Like you are 100 percent no doubt an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, I think you recognize that, but no matter how good of an entrepreneur you are, you still need the operations person. Yeah. You still need the managers. You still need the, the skill technicians. These pieces. People. I tell people it's LLC builders and it's entrepreneurs. LLC builders like to just say, Oh, I got 10 companies. What do you got? 10 fucking LLCs. You got 10 of those that cost $300 to get. Are you actually scaling these companies and making them work? Or do you know how to pivot? Are you actually... So when you're talking about scaling, are you talking about vertical integration? What do you mean? And what I mean is like your company year over year, is your, is your profits better? You only, you only can scale a company if you're showing positive revenue to be able to scale a brand. So there's success... What are you saying? The difference between people showing you their success by showing you how many companies they have or showing you how far you can take that one company okay. and bring it to be successful? We all met this guy before. Oh, man, I got a bunch of companies. Yeah. But which one don't make it money? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That don't really mean anything. Like right now, I have less locations than a lot of national brands. But right now, we got the ball. We're getting talked about more. We're, we're the culture. We're setting trends. Like you can take the, the, the companies that have been around 30, 40, 50 years. Everybody already know they exist. They just driving past them because you know why? They stop making impact. Mm. They're just big. Mm-hmm. What are no you doing that, that those companies don't do? What I do that they don't do? Yeah. I'm still giving them me. They're going to continue to give me. What happens when you get so big that you, there's not enough of you to go So around? you want me to say the blessing from that? I am so big now. Yeah. <laughs> and they still get me. Yeah. Like, what's happening with me right now is like somebody already had 50, 60 locations, right? They still get me because 
I have social media. If I'm not in front of their face, I'm going to run my mouth to motivate them. When they wake up in the morning, sometimes they're going to hear a word of encouragement. Yeah. When I go to sleep at night, they're going to hear a word of encouragement. Like, I want to keep it on your brain so that you can see it. Yeah. yeah. And those are the things that a lot of the big dogs forgot, you know, that was tangible to the yeah. people. And I will say this. Your digital presence is massive. You yeah. Know, it's huge. Yeah. But your physical presence is still very modest. Yeah. Which I think is an important lesson. Yeah. Because I think people, they let their physical presence get beyond their brand awareness. Exactly. And they can't carry the brand and the culture through. Yeah. Like if you, if you see something, I tell you what, how many, how many things you've seen on social media and you see it in real life and say, damn, this feels totally different. This ain't what I thought it was. Do you know how much that, I mean, all the time. Exactly. Right. Literally my, my job is to look at people and to get a feel for them. And then I go meet them and go, wait a second. It don't match. Yeah. But this brand, we match because what I'm speaking in these engagements, we're actually doing. And what I represent, we actually doing. Like, I just let uh, one of my employees that was here for about five years, six years, just talk for me on, the, on, on Fox the other day. Wow. Like, I believe in my people and they believe in me. But in order to do that, they have to have a certain type of respect for you. And they know I ain't no bullshitter. They know if I say something, I'm going to do it. And if I mean it, I'm going to get to it. Like, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But you're going to see me do it. Like, I literally took this something out of nothing. I took this little gas station. And I could look at the revenues now and say, damn, I remember when I couldn't buy an extra case of french fries to put in the restaurant. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, is when you're profitable off one location, we're going back again to like 2015, 2018, when you're still a smaller company. Mm-hmm. Was your revenue strictly volume, or are you menu engineering the shit out a, of this? No, Big Dave's is a, a, a cash flow business, okay. so we are all built off volume. Okay. Like Big Dave's is built off of volume. Like we sell so, over twelve thousand uh, agros a week right now. What is it that you've learned about how to achieve volume? Um. You got to come up with a plan. It's like if you was in, in playing football, you know how they got to run and play. The only way you control volume is you learn how to control the kitchen. And to control the kitchen, you have to have your quarterback, which is the register people, right? And your register person gives it to your running back, which might be the fry cook or, whoever that, or the grill cook, whoever's doing that meal. So they're calling the play. Yeah, and then the expediter right now is the – field goater that's finishing off the play getting the order out yeah so we run our kitchen just like you know we run in football i love that uh so it didn't take i mean it didn't happen overnight that you got to this point no right? so like what were the a lot f- of cries a lot of praise a lot of god please save me i don't know what to do a lot of being on my knees a lot of sitting in my car a lot of fucking tears man yeah, I bet. a lot of them like to be honest a lot of them but you know what i never did i never stopped when i start feeling like i was getting defeated I had to work harder. What made you cry the hardest? Was there a, a point um, a low? To be honest, what made me cry the hardest is losing a lot of people in my life that I loved and a lot of people I thought that loved me. Mm. And what I mean by that is that I wanted the best for everybody that was around me. And sometimes we can give everything our all and it wind up destroying everything you built inside yourself. So I learned, I learned how to pivot from that and stay focused on Big Dave's. So you, it sounds like you were investing in somebody. You were grooming somebody, scaling somebody, preparing somebody for more, and that didn't work out. No, it's just life. It's relationships. Yeah. Like whether you have friends in the past, relationships, uh, family, 
Anything that I don't call anything a loss because it's a lesson. So you grow from everything that hurt you. Everything that hurt you, you know how that shit feels, so you don't want to get hurt again. Mm-hmm. But you got to learn that that pain can't carry your trauma. When you get to the next person, you can't say, oh, the next person, that person did me like that, so this person going to do me like that. No. I'm an energy person. I read energy. I'm like really an empath. Like I really feel when some shit ain't right. And when I feel something ain't right for me nowadays, I don't care how much money involved. I don't care about any of that. Listen, I'm already a billionaire. I'm just waiting to cut the check. <laughs> I love that. Mentality, nah, I'm just man. being real. Like, yeah. I don't care who I sit next to. When they talk about my last name, the Hazes, we're going to become billionaires. Like, my family going to, like, how you got the, the what is the Rothschilds? Like, they going to know my family for being the Hazes. Oh, yeah. They, they built billions over there. Yeah. And it's not about the money. It's about the opportunity. Again, a billionaire mindset don't mean a billionaire bank account. So if there's one thing that you think you do better than anything or anybody else, the one element that you bring to Dave's that you think is like your unfair advantage, like you as an entrepreneur and what you contribute to your business, that's your unfair advantage. What is it that you do that you, that, no, that most others don't that has set you up for success? Um, and a lot of people have said, oh, you need to stop this and that. Like what so- are they telling you to stop? Really just pouring into my employees, the ones that like, you know, the thing is this, like, I don't want my employees working paycheck to paycheck. I want them to understand, like, this company got a bottom line. Your life got to have a bottom line. Why? So because if you I don't if you look at me right now and you see me on a daily, you see all the things that I have going on, but you don't understand it. But then in your life, you're miserable. I don't never want you to think that you work in building me while you're home suffering. I want you to understand that you can actually find out what your life purpose is and what your bottom line is so that you're not living like that, so that you're happy with your own finances, your own life, your own family. Yeah. And a lot of companies don't do that. A lot of companies don't. I have meetings with my, well, my, well, my employees about financial literacy and how important it is to not spend all your money get going check to check. Sometimes when we got to hurt, I ain't buying them sneaks that week. I ain't buying that shit this week. I'm holding my money. Like, those are the self Things that a lot of us haven't been taught because we say we got another check coming. Yep. We got another one coming, so I'm going to keep on spending. But guess what? Sometimes that check ain't coming. Yep. And when and it you does, you got to have that fallback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need that runaway. Yeah. Um, so you, I would, the, the question I was asking you, and I, I derailed you, is like, what is, it that, what is your unique selling proposition? What is your unfair advantage that you, as an entrepreneur, that you have that others don't, that has achieved the success? Um, I think. And I'm not saying this just to say it, but I think it's a piece of me that's not all the way human. Mm. Like some of, sometimes I feel like it's something in me that God put in me that he didn't put in everybody else. So m- more human, I guess? Yeah, I feel no. <laughs> I mean the aspect of it. Like I can call. I'm not saying like I'm a psychic or anything, but I can call when something's going to go right. Like I sp- everything I spoke in my life from partnerships to uh, me scaling the brand. Everything I said and how I wanted it to happen exactly the way I wanted it. It might not happen at the time it happened, but the way I wanted it to happen, it happened. Like now, like I've earned the respect that I can walk and talk in any different room in America right now. And they got to respect what I'm saying. Mm. I don't care about your PhD, by the way. I'm, I'm about to be getting mine next month. That's wild. I don't know how degree. you're doing that, man. That's crazy. Congrats. <laughs> but, thank you. And, I, and, and again, honored. 
again, honored from the White House of 15 years of community service. Like, all of these things are the reason why who I am and I do what I do. Like, the things that I have, I got a car fetish. I love cars. Like, I buy any car that's fast and I like it and all that. But (laughs) this year, guess what I did? I look in my driveway and I say, do I really need this shit? Because I ain't never home. Right. Do I really need it? But the reason why I have it is because I like to look at what my hard work provided for me. It's nothing about driving it. It's about saying that three-foot grill and that broken fryer gave you every life that you dreamed about. And now I live in the country club. Now I got about 750 to a million dollars sitting in the driveway and stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, and, I, and I'm not doing it to, to flaunt it. I'm not doing it to, to make anybody jealous. I'm doing it to motivate people to say he did it off of entrepreneurship. He, he really living a basketball and a rapper life off of entrepreneurship. Is it coming all from cheesesteaks or have you developed a <laughs> brand that you have other channels of revenue coming? Um, of course, I got a lot of different revenue streams. But So talk to us about the importance of diversifying. Um, but right now, like I said, so Pinky and I have 20 properties. So I have income properties. I sell real estate. Um, I got other businesses that give me money. I invest in different businesses. So I think when you start making money, you turn into this like entrepreneur junkie. Like you turn into this like I can do this. I can make money here, there, there. To be honest with you, once you learn the method of making money, that shit is easy. It's a spending wheel. What is the method of making money? Discipline. Discipline. This was my discipline. Big Dave's. If I, you can't branch off to a thousand different things when your one thing is not in order. Yeah. So once your one thing get in order, then you start seeing all the opportunity that you have that can fold under that umbrella. Yeah, that one thing starts overflowing where it becomes excessive. Yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm 35 years old and I got $10 million in real estate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that, that don't happen in America. Yeah. Then especially with the education I have. But now the education I have is bigger than what they taught. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, so, I mean, what advice do you have for people who want to diversify, who want to get out of out from underneath one roof, right? Their restaurant to to have their cup over. If you to if, invest in if property. you can't step outside any business you got without feeling the pain, it ain't time to walk. What has to happen to get to that? You point? have to get the right operators. You have to have the right res- residual income coming in that covers all of your expenses to grow. Mm-hmm. You can't jump out on something. When homes still need to get taken care of. Yeah. You have to wait till it's running on its own like a machine. And then now you can start branching off doing other things. Like for me right now, I have, uh, I have about 12 companies now. And out of these companies, Big Dave's gave me the education, gave me the, the site, and gave me the future on all the rest of them. Mm. So if I never made this one thing, and, and, and let's be clear, all of my attention most of my attention is still on this empire because I will never leave my baby. My baby is who gave me my dream and my mission and my yeah. vision. But my other babies now is growing and they will be 21 soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they got to go out there and fly on their own too. So yeah. that's how I treat my business. I treat them like I want to, I would like to treat my, you know, my family, my kids, because one day my kids are going to be older and I'm going to say, listen, what do you want to do versus what do you got to do? Mm. And that is the only thing I'm trying to change around me right now is what do you want to do versus what you got to do? I did what I had to do because I ain't had no opportunity. When my kids get my age, they're going to say what they had to do versus what they had to mean what they got to do. Yeah. So looking at the clock here, I want to respect your time. I know you have a hard stop in about 20 minutes. Uh, we're doing good. We still have some time to, to kill here. Uh, I want to get into um, 
where you think the industry is now and what needs to change. The industry right now is in a bad place, actually. Um, employment rate is like so disrespectful right now. A lot of people don't want to work. Um, and then on top of that, you know, the economy is still suffering. We're living in a fake economy right now. And the economy is, is still in debt. We're running off of a lot of, you know, the Grants. PP loan stuff. Yeah. A lot of, you know, people still trying to come back off of that. Um, a lot of people, you know, some people suffer COVID. Body don't feel the same anymore. Um, difficulties. That, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in business, period. But what I will say is, right now, we're at a pivotal point in everybody's life right now where the opportunity for the next big thing is right in front of your face. You just got to go get it. Because nobody can't stay off their phone for more than five minutes. And I tell people, if it's something that you want so bad, Provide the content to make them know who you are. Give them what they haven't seen. Don't be the business that do like everybody else. Whatever you're doing. But don't give to get a gift because God won't bless you that way. Mm-hmm. God knowing that shit real. When it's real, you're you going to get blessings beyond what you poured. But if you don't, you'll see that you're going to be in the same spinning wheel you was. And my investor told me this um, about a month ago. I was, at, I was at breakfast with him. And he told me, he said... You went from a hobby to scaling a brand. It's a difference. You can get in your way or get out your way. And the only way you're going to get out your way is letting other people come in your way to help you build up yeah. versus building down. Because sometimes me, 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 I, 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 turns into zero. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When we all putting it together, we all chasing it, we all chasing the mission. We all had a plan and a forecast to get to that, to that journey. And that's what I look at now. So going into the future, if, talking about the industry, where we are, and you, you, like how, how do we go into the future being more aware of the things you just dropped on us as far as how do, we, how do we take what you just dropped on us to inject it into the industry to make a better industry going forward? Um, so I'm going to give you an example. I'm a restaurant owner. But right now, me and Pinky partner with Prudential to provide 25000 life insurance policies for black men that make under $30,000 less than income in the household. Those are the things that's impacting the community to change things because then when people see what you stand for, they'll come work in yeah. your business. Yeah. I they don't want to be a part of anything that's not tangible to them. Whenever I say shit like this, I think people think I'm a crazy person, but I remind people what the food and beverage industry was hundreds of years ago. When people were first coming to this, this country, if you wanted to start a, a town, the first thing you needed to do was to put a pub into that town. It was yeah. a rule. Yeah. You couldn't have a town without a without pub. A pub. Yeah. And the restaurants and the bars and the pubs were literally the center of community. Well, and they, and, they, and, and they are. So the thing that changed with that, I'm glad you brought that up. The things would change with these, these pubs and the bars and all the things of that nature is that everyone started to try to outdo each other. I stand, I it came, st- became about the business. Yeah. So now you're confusing the consumer. Like, if I want to go to a, right now, if I want to go to the club in Atlanta, right now, if I want to go to a bar, right now, what's different? I could walk in any of them and get the same type of feel. Yeah. Like, you got to give people something different. Like, even when you go, like, when you, when you come in Bar Vegan, right? When you walk in Bar Vegan, you feel the ambiance, right? But you feel that you can meet a business person there. You feel like you can meet your resource there. You feel like you can meet opportunity there because we allow everybody to come in and connect. It's like a real... It's like when you're there, you're, 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 your happy hour looks like a board meeting. And not in a boring way, but 
it's in a good way where like you might have a group of guys sitting at the table and they might be discussing how to become more financial literate and you might not even know nothing about it. So you go ahead and have a seat. Yeah. Those things are aren't happening in your everyday pubs. You know, it's more sports talk or or what happened last night or what happened on the news versus what's the reality to change the future. Yeah. Like, because that's what we're living in. Like, what's the reality to really change things? Well, not just talking about it, but being yeah, a part being of it. Yeah, being about it. And that's what you and Pinky are doing. You're yeah. being a part of it. And you're opening up. You're creating space for dialogue. But more importantly, I think that when you when you exist to serve others, when your businesses exist to serve others, when, you, when there's something more higher arcing purpose associated with your business that adds value to community and to people that comes back around. And like you said, you can't expect it to. Yeah. You just have to know. You just have to know it. That it will. It and will. And you can't be tracking it, but just do, just give, just exhale. I don't, I don't even, inhale. you know, and my, my, and my president attested this, but I don't even, um, I don't look at give backs on how can I return off of it. Like, I don't look at how much I'm about to hurt the company by giving. Yeah. They hate it. They're like, hold up, hold up. But it's just like, you know, for me, it's more so because my gut told me to. Like, when I leave when I leave here today, I'm literally about to stand in front of, I haven't decided whether it's going to be Kroger or Walmart, but I'm going to stand in front of there today, and I'm going to stand out there for an hour paying for families to have meals, you know, to go get groceries because God gave me the fortunate to be able to do it, and I thank him for that, but he also gave me the willpower to keep on being this way, being this human, because I had this this success. I wouldn't say success. I had this. I had a chance at money before. I had a chance at opportunity before, but you ain't going to keep getting it, and the thing is, I know that this is my calling purpose. This is my 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 everything that I'm supposed to be doing. I'm living in my purpose and don't nothing feel better than being real with yourself. Can't be real with nobody else. If you ain't making yourself happy, like I don't give a shit how nobody think about me no more. Um, what they believe in. All I do is keep on speaking what I believe in my mission, because I know that my path and my journey is all positive. Yeah. And it's going to be some hiccups along the way. It's going to be some people that piss you off. It's going to be some situations where you got to be the bigger person and may walk away. But guess what? I got the smarts and the sense to know I got too much to lose nowadays. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Awesome stuff, man. I really loved uh, this free-flowing portion of the conversation. Uh, before we go to the speed ride, I do want to know the mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. We already talked about how the industry should transform and can transform. How have you personally transformed? Who is Derek today versus the Derek back when you're 22 years old just thinking about getting started in this? I'm a lot wiser. Yeah. I mean, a whole lot wiser. I mean, I don't, I don't do things to to feel just good anymore. Like I do the things that I think is right, you know. Yeah. Because sometimes some things that feel good cause you pain, just because they feel good. In the moment. It cause you that moment will yeah. cause you a turn of pain, and I learned that control this moment before it control you. Mm. And I had to learn that. So now when these moments come, these opportunities come, I can say whether I want to do this interview or come to that gathering or pit myself around these different environments. Well, saying, thanks for saying yes to this interview. My you know friend. why I, I said yes to this interview? Why is that? Because I love when different races interview me. Because whether you knew anything about an African-American black man, you do now. Mm. And you know, it's the same thing how you probably think because what America tells us is that we're different, but we're all the same. It's all just a different upbringing. Yeah. 
Well, you know, for me, honestly, I think it's human behavior to to gravitate towards people who share your culture, yeah, and your background. We, it's human. This is what we do. We we gravitate towards people who are like us. Yeah. I think we have to mindfully override that to to create a more inclusive world. You yeah. Know? So in like, for me, like. I, I I love getting that, those different perspectives. Yeah, I, I I think perspective is the the answer to a better future is not in being understood, but trying to understand different perspectives. Yeah, how can we? How can we? And I don't talk much about this because I hate this topic. But I do too. But I think. But how? But, we're, but, but we. I think it's important that. Yeah, we Yeah, it is important. It. But yeah. for me, it's like this: you got the same ten toes, the same ten fingers, the same male 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 everything. We got the same blood. But what makes us different? I said culture. But, yeah. And I think if we're going to get to a place where... So so I got to understand your culture and you got to understand mine. And in doing so, I think that what will happen over time is that your culture and my culture will become our culture. Well, I'm going to tell you the really shit you probably going to hear the What's rest that? of the year. And this is the realest. Religion and racism won't be how me and you was when we were kids and, and, and before we got here because the Gen Zs, they already hanging together. They already building uh, tech companies together. Yeah. They already doing the things that we didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Religion, watch this. My grandfather, my grandmother, church was everything. We had to go to church on Sundays. Households now ain't pitting that same religion in the households as they used to. Because they ain't trusting the pastors. They ain't trusting who giving out the word. Mm-hmm. So right now, a lot of these narratives then shift to this new environment we're living in. And everybody's looking for hope. Everybody's looking for a way to hope that they can figure out life and do something. And if right now, the person that was giving you the message you don't believe in, that hope changes. So that's changing the way we're looking at a lot of things. Like you can go on the internet right now and get motivated from just about anything that you see. That is church. Like, I tell people all the time, I'm in church every day because I ain't standing on a pulpit, but I'm spreading the message. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving out the message. So in a way, I'm a pastor. I, I could say business is in a, in a way a church, a church because no matter who you are or where you come from, if you go, if you if you use those rules of business, you know, it will serve you. Yeah, and I mean, no disrespect from any pastor yeah. because all pastors aren't the same, but it's a lot of, you know, Things that's changing along the way, the way we look at the message and how we want to receive that message. Like, I always will have God in my home. I will always have God in my life. I'll always have God in my children because without God and the belief, you have nothing. That message will never stop for me. But what I won't do is feel bad because I'm not living the life of other people because of what they do, because I believe in my higher power. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I love this conversation. I want to respect your time. We're going to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors. We're going to come back and bust out a speed round. Recently on the show, you've been hearing it come up often. Restaurant Systems Pro. If you've become interested, I highly recommend you sign up for the Restaurant System Pro 60-day pilot program. This is something that's never been done before. This 60-day event is at no cost to you, but it's not for everyone. Fred Langley, CEO of Restaurant Systems Pro, will be leading a group of restaurateurs through the Restaurant Systems Pro software and setting up the system for your restaurant. 
Fred will be leading the training, supporting you in holding you accountable. Typically, this costs $10,000 a month to have Fred in your restaurant. But during this no cost to you 60 day training, he will be teaching you every process he does during the group coaching sessions and nothing will be held back. During the 60 days, Fred will walk you through the Restaurant Systems Pro process and help you crush the following goals. Recipe costing cards, guidance in your books for accounting, cash control, sales forecasting with accuracy, checklist, budgeting for the entire year, scheduling for profit, more butts in seats, and that's not it. Often, the team at Restaurant Systems Pro helps restaurateurs out pro bono because their hearts go out to these folks. I mean, it's hard out there, but because of that, a lot of the time, these restaurateurs don't follow through because they have no skin in the game. For that reason, there is an application process. Only those serious about making change in their operation will be accepted into this program. Are you interested? Then go to restaurantunstoppable.com slash RSP. P. That's RSP for Restaurant Systems Pro. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash RSP. We're back. The first question I have for you is what is your it factor, habit, trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Hard work. What is your biggest weakness? I hear you. What is your biggest weakness? Loving too much. Yeah, I, I feel that from you, man. Uh, what is one question you ask or f- thing you look for when you're growing your team? What are you looking for when you're hiring people? Loyalty. How do you know somebody's loyal from day one? I can feel it. I can look a person in the eyes and tell they're ever going to be loyal to me or they're here for opportunity. Mm. Uh, what is your biggest challenge today? Me. How are you overcoming yourself? <laughs> Getting out my way. How are you doing that? <laughs> moving over, creating more opportunity for other people. Staying in your lane? Staying in my lane. I love him. What is your lane? That's something I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm like a big-ass monster truck. That flips over like the grave digger that just keep on driving after yeah. you flip over. That's me. I love it. Um, share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team, a core value. What goes around comes around. That's life. It's truth, man. Uh, what is your biggest, or sorry, what is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So something that's common within the four walls of your restaurants to go above and beyond guest ex- expectation, but not common throughout the industry. The customer is always right. How do you? How does that manifest in business? Um, because we are here to serve a product and to give you customer service. You're here as a visitor. I mean, so they're in our home. When you go to somebody's home, you don't you don't uh, you don't come there to disrespect the home. But if you do come to somebody's home and you you disrespect the home, they ask you what they say. Could you leave or yeah. you politely leave? No. So even if we have to sometimes tell people. You know, you got to go, but we're going to give you the customer service in a way yeah. that you never got it. Because what's the worst thing in the world when somebody just want to be an asshole to you? You be like, hey, sir, have a nice day. Hope you feel better later on. Right. They going to be in the car like that motherfucker didn't even argue back with me. Something wrong with them people. <laughs> like, I teach my people, like, sometimes you will get further just, like, letting it go. It's not yeah. worth it because... When he got his car this morning, he already went happy with his life. Yeah. Uh, Danny Myers says it really well. It doesn't matter who's right. Yeah. And, I, and by the way, I love Danny Myers. He's a good guy. Yeah, man. See, I, that's, that's another thing. See? See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, these are the things that provided everything. Like, people be mentioning names, and I'm like, yeah, I, I've been with the guy, right? Yeah. I, was at, I, was at, I was at Mark Burnett's house on, uh, and, um, and, having, and having dinner with him, looking at the back of the ocean. You see what I'm saying? But I come from a house that wasn't more than $35,000. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Next time you're hanging out with uh, Danny, let him know that uh, I'm waiting to hear back. 
<laughs> Just kidding. Not really. Nah, I had, I'd no, love to get him on nah, the nah, show. But I, um, I met Danny um, at um, Pinky's Grand Opening. Oh, nice. Yeah, is he an investor? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a good. He's an investor, but um, he's an investor in uh, Pinky's brand. But um, he's a good guy. Yeah, I would absolutely love to share his. I mean, I'd love to pick up where he's, he's, he's a very humble guy too. Off. If you notice, I've heard that about him. A lot of the most successful people in the world, a lot of them have a different type of aura with them, where. It's like a smooth type of, because they've seen it all and heard it all. So it's like when you come and tell them, like, oh, you ain't never seen nothing like me. I'm this, I'm that. They heard this shit before, and they've seen it before. But the thing that comes to the table that's different is that willpower. It's how you said it. They might have heard it said before, but they ain't heard how it said. Because you can tell me right now, I got a black shirt on, and I can say, no, nah, I really got a black shirt on, and I'm wearing this motherfucker the way I want to wear it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the confidence level is in it differently. Mm. Good to know. I'll so, keep it in the back pocket when, if if I ever get the opportunity to sit down. Oh with man, you're gonna meet a lot of people along the way. Man, yeah. you're a good interviewer. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, share. Oh, I already asked you that question. As you're complimenting me, I'm screwing up over here. What is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant owner? Um, I kind of want to answer that a little different. I don't want to. I want to. I want to talk about what who motivates me along the journey, and that's Warren Buffett. Um, the reason why I like Warren Buffett is because Warren Buffett might have the most discipline out of a wealthy guy that I've seen from the outside. Um, and that level of discipline by living in the same home, being a billionaire, stopping at McDonald's every morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like Tyler Perry. Um, the other day Tyler Perry posted a, um, a video of him driving his like an old car, right? Something that he would never drive now. Tyler Perry's a billionaire. But he was in a car that probably wasn't worth $1,200. Sometimes you got to bring yourself back to that reality to fill it again. Do you know what I do when I feel too far gone? Like when I've just got too many things going on and I just like, I go drive past my gas station location. And sometimes I might sit there for about 10, 15 minutes and stare at it. Because I have to, have to bring me back to reality of... How hard I work to get what I got. I struggle with that sometimes too. I always look at where I'm going. I always forget where I came from. Yeah. Um, And it's it's a great exercise to just be. Sometimes just go back to shit. If you got a broken microphone or whatever that you threw in the trash or whatever that you got sitting around the house. Go back there sometimes and shit. Talk to it. Say, damn, man, I remember when you ain't I have the original microphone that, you that I want to frame. There it's you go. Just as a reminder there, that it all started there you from go. right here. Like, those things are going to keep you motivated because, like, I literally still have my spatulas that I cooked probably 12,000 sandwiches off of. <laughs> that's awesome. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, these are the things that's going to make you go back to it and say, man, it was all worth it. Yeah. And that's really what it is. Is there any piece of technology you've recently adopted within the four walls of your restaurant that's having a huge impact on communication, efficiency, profitability, anything along these lines? I ain't a technical guy, so that ain't a question. That's, that's not your lane. Nah. <laughs> I'll leave right. that to my team. Again, that's when you learn to hire what you need. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of truth to that, so yeah. I'll let you have the pass. And this is the last question. It's a doozy, so get ready for it. If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be lost with your departure, with the exception of three pieces of wisdom that you could leave behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? Oh, that's a good one. Thank you, dude. That's why it's the yeah. That's a good. That's why one. it's the last one. Um, I would say that the last three things that I you saying that people will remember me of basically yeah, like your the the things that you could leave behind for your legacy. The um, business. the business, 
my the, my words that I give, um, and the knowledge along the way because it was all recorded, so I could teach people while I'm not here. All right. So so what's number one? Hit me one more time. Wisdom. Wisdom. Number two. The knowledge and the word. And the word. And is that two and three? Yeah, that's two and three. I love it. Man. And I'm gonna give you something else. Do it. And it's for you. Thank you. The more interviews you do, the more expert you will become. And then all this shit will be natural and normal. And no matter who you interview, you're going to get to the mountaintop doing it because it's going to feel like you're supposed to be here. Because the one thing I know before I was doing all this public speaking, right, I used to get there and be like, damn, I wanted to say this. I didn't say this. But when you take your time and really just talk to somebody and really be your authentic self. Your podcast going to keep elevating because what's going to happen man. is that people know that they can come here and be their authentic self and give out the real game of their life and their journey and their passion and their future. Thank you. And you're going to let them do it. Thank you very so. much. No, I believe that wholeheartedly. And it's why the show is almost two hours long. It's because yeah. it takes time. Yeah. You know, it's all things, all good things. But take I definitely time. appreciate you yeah. um, for Thanks. the interview and everything like that. I had a good time being here. Um, you got a kick ass show. I was looking dude. at the. The melting pot of mentors. Yeah, restaurant unstoppable. Yeah. It's a melting pot of mentors. We're gonna re, we're gonna rework this because people do confuse melting pot of mentors as the title of the show. But um, man, it, the honor was honestly mine. You were a great guest. I, before I let you go, I need you to, to call somebody out or a handful of people out. It's how I find my future guests. I don't try to decide. It's actually how uh, I think Pinky got on my radar. Somebody called her. I can't yeah, I'm calling Pinky out. Pinky, nice. Pinky, you doing the interview for him in Chicago? <laughs> I already put you on the line with her. Thank you. I can't um, wait. And then I want y'all to have my little cousin on the radar. Um, he's small right now, but he got an amazing product. He got a hoagie shop. It's called Dougie's Hoagies. Um, it's the next thing coming. And again, he a haze. So again, you nice. see that? It's happening. When you show opportunity, other people see opportunity, and you, y'all grow together. And he's so, sitting right here. And so he's we, sitting here listening to We can to line that up. We can make sure we get Yeah. We, maybe not on this trip, but then I'm, we'll be back soon for sure. Yeah. We're actually about to hit the road for Charleston. Like As soon as we wrap this up. Nice to meet you, my friend. I want to learn more. And I can't say goodbye without saying, actually, if we want to come work for you, I, I want to give the listeners an opportunity or just follow your work. Yeah. Instagram um, handles, I'm, websites. My, my personal page is official D Hayes franchise. Um, um, and my business page uh, is at Big Dave Cheesesteaks. I ain't franchising yet, but you can go online um, to our website and fill out the franchise and form and get in line. And we'll come holla at you when it's time. Derek, man, thank you so much. Thank you. My friend, uh, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to our guest today, Derek Hayes. Man, what an inspiration, dude. You're a hustler, man. You're getting it. You're making it happen. You make, you literally make it happen. You just kind of will things into existence. And I think that's the big takeaway for me is just being determined and having the discipline just to keep showing up and to get the word out and uh man awesome work uh, if you're enjoying this podcast and you want more like it we need your support and there's a ton of ways you can support the show one way you can support the show right now uh is by heading over to youtube.com slash restaurant unstoppable we are on the road we're bringing you behind the scenes we're cutting down these two hour long conversations into shorter digestible content and all you gotta do is subscribe and uh, sam's doing a great job over there sam hall uh, has been on the road with us doing the videography and 
man, you guys got to check it out. Uh, you can also support our sponsors. You can use our affiliate links anytime a tool or service is recommended organically on the show. Check the show notes. Uh, today's episode is 978. Head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 978. Um, and any other episode to find the show notes uh, to, to get those summaries and to, to get those links. And you can share this thing with anybody and everyone you know aspiring to be great in the restaurant industry. Uh, some news. We are going to be at the National Restaurant Association trade show in May. Uh, we're shooting for earlier. Uh, the, the first two days, I think, is the plan right now. Uh, but who knows? Maybe we'll be there longer. If you want to connect, be sure to reach out to us. Uh, and also, we're, looks like we might be headed for a quick trip to Kentucky. And then I think next month, we're also going to be in Philadelphia. And I think the plan after that... Um, is Minneapolis, and then we'll be at the, the TRA show. So if you're in any of those spots and you want to connect with us, or maybe you know of somebody that you think needs to be made an example of, be sure to reach out to us. We can only record as many as eight in a week, but you know, uh, if you have somebody that we need to know about, like maybe we can make it work. Uh, and I think that's it for today. Before we say goodbye, I just want to say thanks again to Sam Hall for the videography and the social media behind the scenes work. It's so helpful. And thank you to Jared Parisi over at Sumadre Podcast for the copywriting and podcast editing. It takes an army. I'm grateful for mine. That's it for today. Until next time, peace out.